0: Incitement, impeachment, and the wickedness of slander. That is a topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host, and our website is thechristianworldview.org. Well, it was another momentous week in the aftermath of the riotous breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Now, while we still don't know all who participated in the attack, the left and the media quickly reached their conclusion that Donald Trump, quote, incited an insurrection and should immediately be impeached from office. Never mind that Trump only has a handful of days left in office. Now, not only was Trump impeached already by the House without any legal representation, I might add, but he was summarily silenced by Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and other social media companies for his undermining of democracy. But did the president in his rally speech that day, January six, actually incite a mob to rush the Capitol? Or is this just more false accusation, like the Russia collusion hoax that went on for years, perpetrated by the Democrats against President Trump? And why is slander, our topic today, or, or false accusation so wicked and associated biblically with satan slander is a a false report designed to destroy the reputation of another it's the same as making false accusation and satan in scripture is always is always termed the great slanderer the accuser of the brethren and if you think of the the greatest false accusation of all time what was that well it was made against the sinless son of god himself jesus christ and i want to read a few paragraphs from the gospel of luke just to show you how this false accusation against christ led to his his murder his crucifixion it says in luke chapter 22 verse 66 it says when it was day the council of elders of the people assembled, both chief priests and scribes. And these are Jewish leaders, religious leaders. They led Christ away to their council chamber, saying, if you are the Christ or the Messiah, tell us. But Jesus said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they all said, so you are the Son of God? And he said to them, You say correctly that I am, claiming to be the Son of God, unambiguous. And then they said, What further need do we have of testimony, for we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth? Now we transfer then to Luke chapter 23, where it says, Then the entire assembly of them, same chief priests, religious leaders of the day, set out and brought him before Pilate, who was the, the Roman governor of the area. Remember, the, the Romans had uh, political authority over the Jewish people of that day. They were occupiers. And they begin to bring charges. Here's where the false accusations come in by the Jewish people against their Messiah. And they begin to bring charges against Christ, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. There's the accusations, the false accusations. Now Pilate asked him, saying, So you are the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. But Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no grounds for charges in the case of this man. But they kept on insisting, saying, He is stirring up the people, teaching all over Judea, starting from Galilee, as far as this place. In other words, taking what Christ was doing and twisting it to make false and slanderous accusations against him. Verse 6, Now when Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent Jesus to Herod, since he also was in Jerusalem at that same time. Now Herod was overjoyed when he saw Jesus, for he had wanted to see him for a long time, because he had been hearing about him and was hoping to see some sign performed by him. And he questioned him at some length, but he offered him no answer at all. Now the chief priests and the scribes stood there vehemently, charging him. Again, more slander, more false accusation. Verse 13, Luke chapter 23. Now Pilate summoned to himself the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and he said to them, You brought this man to me in the ground that he is inciting, whoa, there's that word in the Bible, inciting the people to revolt. And behold, after examining him before you, I have found no basis at all. In the case of this man, for the charges which you are bringing against him. No, nor as Herod, for he sent him back to us, and behold, nothing deserving death has been done by him. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Here, Pilate, having some degree of honesty, saying, you're just making false accusations against Jesus. I'm going to punish him and release him. Now, he was obligated to release to them at at the feast one prisoner. Verse 18, But they cried out altogether. Now their false accusations are not being believed by Pilate and so forth. Now they're going to ramp it up and just scream louder. But they cried out altogether saying, away with this man and release to us Barabbas. He was one who had been thrown into prison for a revolt that took place in the city and for murder. That's Barabbas. But Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept on crying out, saying just in unison, just an outcry, crucify him, crucify him. And he said to them a third time, why? What has this man done wrong? I have found in his case no grounds for a sentence of death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. But they were insistent, with loud voices, demanding that he be crucified. And their voices began to prevail. Verse 24, And so Pilate decided to have their demand carrying out. He gave in, gave up. Their voices prevailed. The false accusations were swept aside, and he gave in. And he released the man for whom they were asking, Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a revolt and murder, but he handed Jesus over to their will. Again, that's from Luke chapter 23. And you can see in this account right before, and you you know what happens next. They they hauled him off, Christ off, the Son of God, the, the sinless one, the one who had created them. They hauled him off to crucify him. Their false accusations had their way. Their hatred, their jealousy, their envy, their resent resentment, the false accusations, the slander they made against Christ led to even the sinless Son of God being crucified. Now, I just want you to keep that in mind as I, as I make a comparison. And the comparison is not going to be between Jesus Christ and Donald Trump as people because there's no comparison there. But the comparison is how the wickedness of slander and false accusation, which which the left is using right now, and even some Christians are joining in to ruin Donald Trump and his supporters, how there's a comparison between how slander and false accusation was used back then against Christ, how it's just as slanderous and wicked and ruinous as it is we're seeing in our political world today. Now, after the... Riots, the Capitol riots of January 6th, President Trump quickly was impeached by the House of Representatives this week for the second time. Now, the first time, if you remember, was about a year ago in January 2020. And that was for a phone call that President Trump had made with the Ukrainian president, where he had asked him to investigate Joe and Hunter Biden, his son Hunter Biden, for corrupt dealings in the Ukraine. And for that, the president was impeached by the House, but not by the Senate. This time, Donald Trump was not even given legal representation in the House during the proceedings. They literally went from the Capitol riots and just a handful of days later, they were in the House uh, making false accusations against the president and jumped straight to judgment and impeach him now. Whether it goes to the Senate, uh, whether the Senate actually impeaches him is a is a different story. And whether he's removed from office with literally just a handful of days to go in his term is unknown at this point. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. So, what were these accusations? What did it sound like in the House of Representatives uh, this past week? What were the accusations being made? And so, I made a a compilation uh, of just three of them by Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar from here in Minnesota, Cory Bush uh, from Missouri, uh, and some of their comments about why President Trump needs to be impeached at the soonest possible time.
1: In Michigan's 13th, we proudly speak truth to power, even in the face of a racist in chief. Those who incited an attack on the people's house do not get to talk about healing and unity. They have torn this country apart. They have stoked the fire and then handed the gasoline to Donald Trump. We cannot sit, Madam Chair, sit idly by after a violent attempted coup.
0: Okay, that was Rashida Tlaib from Michigan, a virulent anti-Semite Marxist who is still beyond me how she can even be elected to, to Congress. Again, the false accusations that Trump was trying to do a coup They don't care about how they use words, by the way. They just use the most extreme words to try to get their intended effect. Next up is Ilhan Omar, the congresswoman from here in Minnesota, who's a Muslim, who's a Marxist. Here she is making her slanderous accusations.
1: Let us not mince words about what happened last week. It was a violent attempt to interrupt our democratic process. It was a targeted blow at the most essential process that makes us a democracy. It was a direct and specifically incited by the President of the United States. For years, we have been asked to turn a blind eye to the criminality, corruption, and blatant disregard to the rule of law by the tyrant President we have in the White House. We as a nation can no longer look away. The president not only incited an insurrection against our government, but has in word and deed led a rebellion. We cannot simply move past this or turn the page. For us to be able to survive as a functioning democracy, there has to be accountability. We must impeach and remove this president from the office immediately so that he cannot be a threat to our democracy.
0: More accusation that President Trump incited this mob that rushed the Capitol, and therefore he needs to be removed immediately. And notice always the, the racist overtone, the tyrant-in-chief, the racist-in-chief. Well, Cory Bush... The congresswoman from uh, Missouri was next.
2: Madam Speaker, St. Louis and I rise in support of the article of impeachment against Donald J. Trump. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president who incited a white supremacist insurrection, it's communities like Missouri's 1st District that suffer the most. The 117th Congress must understand that we have a mandate to legislate in defense of black lives. The first step in that process is to root out white supremacy, starting with impeaching the white supremacist in chief.
0: So there you have it. In case you missed the House proceedings this past week, that was just a sample of some of the accusations that were made against President Trump. Now, that's, that's bad enough. But let me just say what I think is
3: even worse. The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton returns in just a moment.
0: David Wheaton here, host of The Christian Worldview. For over 15 years, our mission has been to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We pursue that mission on air through radio programs, in person hosting events, and online through audio, video, and print resources. We are an all-volunteer ministry, but have monthly operating expenses, the most significant being the cost of airtime on the station, website, or app on which you hear the radio program. We are looking for monthly partners so that each station or website is supported by its own listeners. The level of financial support for a given outlet is a key decision point whether we continue paying to broadcast there. To become a monthly partner of any amount, call us toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org. Thank you for listening to and supporting The Christian Worldview.
3: The New Year has brought new features to the Christian Worldview radio program. First, good news for those who don't have an affiliate station in their area and those who subscribe to our free podcast. The latest program will now be available at our website, thechristianworldview.org, or via our podcast feed at 8 a.m. Central Time on Saturdays. Short takes will also be released on Mondays following the weekend airing of the program. These bite-sized highlights are great for those who don't have time to listen to the full 54-minute broadcast. Short takes can be heard at our website, podcast feed, and our social media pages on Facebook and YouTube. For more updates, program previews, and resources, be sure to sign up for our free weekly email by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. That's 1-888-646-2233 or visiting thechristianworldview.org. Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. Now, here's David
0: Wheaton. You would almost expect it from them. None of them, as far as I know, profess to be followers of Christ. But the president, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, the ERLC, his name is Russell Moore, maybe you've heard of him. He tweeted this past week and said, Mr. President, people are dead. The Capitol is ransacked. There are 12 dangerous days for our country left. Could you please step down and let our country heal? That was his tweet. Russell Moore, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, which is a a public policy, political, really political arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. I believe they're based in Washington, D.C., and they advocate for the the Southern Baptist Convention on certain issues. He also said, Russell Moore said in an email, if I were the president, I would resign. If I were the vice president, I would assemble the cabinet in accordance with the 25th Amendment. If I were a member of Congress, I would vote to impeach. And if I were a U.S. senator, I would vote to convict. And I would be willing, if necessary, to lose my seat to do so. As a matter of fact, I am willing, if necessary, to lose this seat. Just think about that. The head of an evangelical organization uh, making accusation against the president, joining with the left, by the way. It's not just making accusation, but joining with the left and the worldview they stand for. As a matter of fact, the Capstone Report had an article about Russell Moore uh, supporting the impeachment of the president. It says, yes, this is a dog bites man story. In other words, well, why is this, uh, this the story doesn't have much, you know, a common story. What, what's the big deal? A Democrat, that's what Russell Moore has claimed to be, calls for the resignation of the Republican president. However, since Southern Baptists pay this Democrat's salary, you should know about it. Healing, Russell Moore called for healing, please. Russell Moore's demand will only defied the country further. It will also divide the church. Of course, this is what Russell Moore wants, the Capstone Report writes. He staged the abomination of the MLK 50 conference, the Martin Luther King, kind of the social justice woke conference that trafficked in racial identity politics and the grievance gospel. If you are Southern Baptist he's referring to, then you pay Russell Moore's salary. You should stop tithing and giving offerings of any sort until the Southern Baptist Convention fires this Democrat. This is the Capstone Report writing this, not me. There is no room in a church for someone who, while employed by... Al Moeller, the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, yes, that, quote, conservative theologian, he puts it in quotes, bragged to people that he was a Democrat. That was Russell Moore bragging to people he's a Democrat. And then the article goes on to say how uh, inconceivable it is for a professing born-again Christian to support the party where one of their sacraments is the, the killing of the unborn. So this is what some of the accusations flying around this past week were taking place. But why is it a false accusation? Is there any truth to these accusations against the president? Well, you have to define terms, I think, first of all. What is incitement? Incitement, dictionary definitions here, incitement means the provocation of unlawful behavior And an insurrection is defined as a, quote, violent uprising against an authority or government. Well, you could certainly say what happened to the Capitol was an insurrection. It was a violent uprising against uh, the government that day. It's even sedition. Sedition is defined as incitement of discontent or rebellion against a government. You could say it was that. A riot is defined as a noisy, violent public disorder caused by a group or a crowd of persons. It certainly was that. It was mayhem. But then to level the charges of incitement by the president is, I believe, as you read his speech in the rally he made that day, much too far of a leap, at least for me. As I have looked at his speech, I don't see any incitement at all. The president certainly did lay out all the evidence that he has for voting fraud, and it is very extensive. We have linked right now on our website, org, that speech as we did last week. I would really encourage you to read the speech. Now for a second reason. Last week I wanted you to read it just to get an idea of the level of voting fraud in this past election that was being alleged by the the president. Uh, But now I want you to read it for a second reason, that to look for what you can pull out as him inciting people to breach the Capitol. I don't see any of that in there. As a matter of fact, to the contrary, the things the president was saying, he clearly said there should be a a peaceable walk to the Capitol. Here's a couple sound bites from that speech on the the day of the rally on January 6th.
4: I think one of our great achievements will be election security, because nobody until I came along had any idea how corrupt our elections were. And again, most people would stand there at nine o'clock, in the evening and say i want to thank you very much and they go off to some other life but i said something's wrong here something's really wrong can't have happened and we fight we fight like and if you don't fight like you're not going to have a country anymore
0: now the context shows there that he was saying we're going to fight like as they say here in minnesota he double hockey sticks Way too much of a leap to take that literally. That is a common phrase that we're going to fight hard, push back, do everything legally to prove our point. And then he continued.
4: The best is yet to come. So we're going to, we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol and we're going to try and give... The Democrats are hopeless. They're never voting for anything, not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans the weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you and God bless you. Bless America! Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much.
0: Do you see any incitement in that particular part of the message by President Trump? As a matter of fact, he even used the words "Let's go peacefully protest" uh, in in a portion of the speech uh, earlier.
4: We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully. Slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country.
0: Walking over to the Capitol to make our voices, what do you say, peacefully and patriotically heard. And from that, there was allegations of President Trump inciting a mob. I don't hear incitement. Maybe you do, but I don't. But for those on the left, this is the perfect segue for them. In other words, if you challenge the election results like President Trump did, and he lays it out, again, read that speech. It's one thing after the other. And after you read it, you're going to come to one of two conclusions. Either this man is the biggest liar in the history of the world for the specifics he brings out in all the different states that were the battleground states uh, in the election, where he has point by point all the different uh, allegations of fraud that took place, or he's telling the truth or somewhere in between, and this was the the biggest crime in U.S. history. It's a perfect segue, though, for the left. If you challenge the election— you are now, quote, inciting insurrection, and you must be silenced because Trump made these allegations of voting fraud, and then people went to the Capitol and breached it. So therefore, if you're part of that, you're one in the same. Now, fortunately, I played those sound bites of some of the leftist members of the House making their speeches, but a congressman named Greg Stubbe uh, from Florida brought much more logic and sense to the illogical proceedings of that day.
5: Thank you, Madam Speaker. For three years, Democratic members of this body and the mainstream media lied to the American people that the Trump campaign colluded and conspired with Russia. For years, after an exhaustive investigation, it was found that there was no evidence that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. Should Democratic members of this body resign for lying to the American people repeatedly and sowing division and dissension all across America? And it was all a lie. You have brought one article of impeachment to the floor, and your one allegation alleges, and I quote, Donald John Trump engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors by inciting violence against the government of the United States. In D.C., it's a crime to, quote, intentionally or recklessly act in such a manner to cause another person to be in reasonable fear and to incite or provoke violence when there is a likelihood that such violence will ensue. There was no language in the president's speech that incited or provoked violence. In fact, at around the 18-minute mark, he stated, and, quote, Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. You may think that he's inciting violence because he believes there is election fraud. That's his opinion, and he's entitled to that opinion, just like all of you were entitled to your false and fraudulent opinion that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. The legal elements of incitement are based on the Supreme Court case, Brandenburg v. Ohio, in which the Supreme Court set the standard for speech that could be prosecuted without violating the First Amendment. Brandenburg's speech called for violence, ...against groups of Americans, and the court found that Brandenburg's comments were not directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action. The court found that it was protected speech, and he was calling for violence. That's the current law of the land. The president didn't even mention violence last Wednesday, much less provoke or incite it. There was no crime committed, and therefore no basis for impeachment, as you need a high crime or misdemeanor for a basis. You have created a mockery out of the impeachment process, and I urge all my colleagues to stand against it and fight the latest fraud being perpetrated against the American people by the radical left.
0: Again, that was Greg Stubbe, congressman from Florida, and it's just uh, a breath of fresh air to hear someone with logic talk about how this was an incitement and the false accusations being made now are just really just another category, another example of all the false accusations that were made regarding the Russia collusion hoax that was, was brought up intentionally to try to undermine the president for four years. These people on the left have no shame. And I'm not saying Republicans are you know perfect or anything else, but really, it really is beyond belief uh, what took place this last week in the U.S. House, impeaching the president with no legal representation, just on their trumped up, no no pun intended their charges of incitement. Now, interestingly enough, it has come out after this impeachment that a left-wing activist has been arrested for his part in the Capitol riots. And it doesn't mean everyone was from Black Lives Matter, but at least one person now has been arrested that certainly wasn't a Trump supporter. And not only that, but CNN, of all organizations, is reporting that this breach was possibly planned, which, which, again, would show that the president didn't incite it if it was previously planned. CNN reports that evidence uncovered so far, including weapons and tactics seen on surveillance video, suggests a level of planning that has led investigators to believe the attack on the U.S. Capitol was not just a protest that spiraled out of control, A federal law enforcement official says among the evidence the FBI is examining are indications that some participants at the Trump rally at the ellipse outside the White House left the event early, perhaps to retrieve items to be used in the assault on the Capitol. Again, that would completely debunk the hysterics that people heard Trump speak about the election fraud and that somehow he incited them to go make an insurrection against the Capitol building let 's move on to the next the next point here, so what is the purpose of all of this slander well I think the the purposes are pretty obvious and pretty clear it 's to destroy Trump from any future political power. I mean why would you want to impeach the man and when he only has about five or six days or whatever eight days left in office i mean he 's going to be out of power he 's going to be a regular citizen in uh, just a matter of days well they're they 're fearful of him potentially being reelected uh, in four years. But even before that, they don't want him to have any credibility, any sort of political power between now and the potential reelection in four years. Leftist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat socialist, says, but in addition to removal, she said, we're also talking about complete barring of the president, or rather of Donald Trump, from running for office ever again. She was quoted in the the Washington Times as saying that. But it goes beyond Donald Trump with this few days left in office, there's something beyond this. And what's beyond this is that they want to shame and they want to put fear in anyone, any of his supporters, anyone who voted for Donald Trump. In other words, they want to link these allegations of election fraud. So if you think there was election fraud, you are someone like Donald Trump who is undermining democracy and therefore you need to be silenced like Donald Trump has been and you need to be marginalized. That is the purpose of this slander, the, and the media is complicit in this. I read a New York Times brief on January 11th, just a, a few days ago, and just just listen to the angle on this whole thing. It says this: It's worth pausing for a moment to reflect on how radical a figure Trump is. He rejects basic foundations of American government that other presidents from both parties have accepted for decades. Either you're, you're making him unique; he's the worst ever. Uh, Paragraph two, he has tried to reverse an election result and remain in power by persuading local officials to commit fraud. He incited a mob that attacked the Capitol. Here's the false accusations and killed a police officer while Congress was meeting to certify the result. Afterward, Trump praised the rioters. This behavior was consistent with Trump's entire presidency. Oh, well, not only was it last week that Trump is bad, but his entire presidency was just awful, according to the New York Times. He has previously rejected the legitimacy of election results and encouraged his supporters to commit violence. Really? He has tried to undermine America's confidence in the FBI, the CIA, the military, the Justice Department prosecutors, federal judges, the Congressional Budget Office, government scientists, government health care officials, and more. He has openly used the presidency to enrich his family. What Donald Trump would say he was trying to do was root out all the corruption and things within the FBI and the CIA, for example. But according to the New York Times, it's someone who's trying to disrupt and undermine America's confidence in our institutions. Uh, In the simplest terms, Trump seems to believe a president should be able to do whatever he wants. He does not appear to believe in the system of the government that the Constitution prescribes, a democratic republic. And again, I don't know whether it's intentional, but all these people on the left always get our form of government wrong. We don't have a democratic republic. We have a constitutional republic. It's a big difference. Democracies are ruled by majorities. Constitutional republic is ruled by a constitution, a, a rule of law. The double standards on the left to what took place at the Capitol compared to all the other violence that was taking place last year in America. um, It's really shameless. You have to say Kamala Harris, our vice president elect when the riots were taking place in my own city, Minneapolis, uh, she tweeted, if you're able to chip in now to the Minnesota freedom fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota, so in other words, those being arrested during those riots in Minnesota when they burned down, uh, you know, major portions of the city, chip in and post bail for them so they can get out of jail. This is the Federalist uh, publication took a look at all the different times that Democrats excuse violence by left wing act- uh, activists. Uh, th- then, of course, there's Chris Cuomo uh, from CNN who had this to say about the protests last summer. Now, too many see the
3: protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite
0: and peaceful. Well, that sounds like uh, excusing violence to me by CNN's Chris Cuomo. But also you have Nicole Hannah-Jones Uh, She was the uh, architect of the New York Times 1619 projects. She's going to explain in this soundbite how, you know, destroying property, uh, that's not really violence.
2: How are we to interpret what we see there? Yes, it is disturbing to see property being destroyed. It is disturbing to see uh, people taking property from stores. But these are things and violence is when an agent of the state kneels on a man's neck until all of the life is leached out of his body. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. And to put those things, uh, to use the exact same language to describe those two things, I think really um, it's, not, it's not moral to do that. So, yes, I, I think any reasonable... Per- excuse me, any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. These are people who have protested against police violence again and again and again, year after year after year. And still we can have videos of law enforcement with witnesses nonchalantly taking the life of of a man uh, for the alleged crime of passing a fake $20 bill. So when we have people who say that uh, people should respect the law, uh, they're not respecting the law because the law is not respecting them. You can't say that, that regular citizens should play by all of the rules when agents of the state, clearly or not. So I think we have to understand where that rage is coming from. Um,
0: Again, that was Nicole Hannah-Jones, the architect of the 1619 Project, which which posits that America's founding was really in 1619, not 1776, when the first slave was brought to America. everythings That's all critical race theory and so forth. But she's just making the complete justification that you know, these, these destroying property, which can be replaced, that, that's not violence. And there's, there's justification for all of this after all the inequities in our country. So there's, there's such a double standard in the way the secular humanists on, on the left selectively see violence. They, they can't just condemn violence when their side commits it and, commit, and when the right
3: commits it. As Christians, we need to be consistent in condemning violence. The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton returns in just a moment. The new year has brought new features to the Christian Worldview radio program. First, good news for those who don't have an affiliate station in their area and those who subscribe to our free podcast. The latest program will now be available at our website, TheChristianWorldView.org or via our podcast feed at 8 a.m. Central Time on Saturdays. Short takes will also be released on Mondays following the weekend airing of the program. These bite sized highlights are great for those who don't have time to listen to the full 54 minute broadcast. Short takes can be heard at our website, podcast feed, and our social media pages on Facebook and YouTube. For more updates, program previews, and resources, be sure to sign up for our free weekly email by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. That's 1-888-646-2233 or visiting thechristianworldview.org.
6: There's an abundance of Christian resources available, but the reality is that many of them, even some of the most popular, do not lead to a sound and strong faith. While there's only one perfect book, a key aim of The Christian Worldview is to identify and offer resources that are biblically faithful and deepen your walk with God. In our online store, we have a wide range of resources for all ages, adult and children's books and DVDs, Bibles and devotionals, unique gifts, and more. So browse our store at thechristianworldview.org and find enriching resources for yourself, family, friends, small group or church. You can also order by calling toll free one eight 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 six four six two two three three. 188-646-2233. That's one eight 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 six four six two two three three. 646 2233 or
3: visit the org. Welcome back to the Christian Worldview. Now, here's David Wheaton. Now, what
0: has all this this false accusation led to? Well, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into this, but President Trump, the president of the United States, the the, uh, the leader of the free world, has now been banned from Twitter, which was his main conduit in being able to communicate with Americans. He's been banned from Facebook, uh, YouTube, Snapchat, I believe Instagram as well. The credit card processing company Stripe uh, has stopped, will will not process any more payments through the Trump site. The Trump golf course uh, lost its uh, hosting of, I believe it was a PGA golf tournament. New York City has canceled all its contracts with the Trump organizations. And there's a list of companies, Nike, others, and they're all trying to pull back because he challenged the election results. Uh, the, there's a conspiracy theory, they believe. That's not true. And that undermines democracy. So they're all pulling back and pulling away from him. And they're going to be doing it to his supporters as well. As a matter of fact, Apple and Google and Amazon, they all at the same time, uh, people were moving from Twitter over to another uh, social media app, communication app like Twitter called Parlor. At the same time, Apple and Google took Parler off their stores to be able to download this free app, and Amazon pulled away their web hosting services. This company's ruined, all because uh, these three companies, Apple, Google, and Amazon, alleged that uh, Parler doesn't police their content. The Patriot Post ran a really good article on all this de-platforming of someone like Trump and others, and they said the clear goal for the totalitarian Democrats and the left media cohorts is to consolidate power by creating the dubious notion that Trump and anyone who supported him, including the Republican Party and conservatives in mass, are dangerous pariahs who must be silenced. Nothing could be more anti-American or dangerous to our national discourse. Meanwhile, he says, big tech seems to have no problem with actual dictators like Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini uh, using its platforms to call for violence against Israel in the United States or with hosting the Chinese-created TikTok app, which is notorious for stealing user data. Oh, he writes, in trending on Twitter over the weekend, quote, hang Mike Pence. Now, this only proves that truth and righteousness and morality, as they'll tell us, or even money are not the bottom line in life. We always think, oh, money's the bottom line. It's not. These companies have lost value since doing this on the stock exchange. What is the bottom line? Worldview is always the bottom line, imposing one's worldview on people. That is the bottom line. Now, private companies have a right to cut their service, but it should also confirm that they are completely biased that they want to suppress all viewpoints they don't agree with. And you should know, based on this, that they're coming for you as well if you don't jibe with their particular worldview. As a matter of fact, Gene Robinson, who works as an editor for the Washington Post, thinks that Trump people, people who support Trump, actually need to be, quote, reprogrammed.
2: There are millions of Americans, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who... Somehow need to be deprogrammed. There, it, it, it's as if they build, they 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 are members of a cult, the Trumpist cult, uh, and and we have to be deprogrammed. Do you have any idea how we <laughs> how we start that process, even much less complete it?
0: And then he turns it over to again Nicole Hannah Jones, the architect of the sixteen nineteen project, who we just heard from. Here's her response.
2: I know we can look to history, though. Uh, What ultimately uh, breaks that power structure in the South is enforcement. Right. There has to be consequences. Uh, And then once you get those consequences, I think then people have to take a second look at their actions. And they have to be much more uh, afraid uh, to do the types of kind of violence that we saw this week uh, last week.
0: So what she's clearly saying is that uh, people need to be afraid. They need to be punished. Uh, for disputing the election, or for joining in the the white nationalism of Donald Trump. You need to be deprogrammed. I mean, how many steps are we really away from re-education camps uh, in this country, as we've seen in communist countries? It's really, it's becoming in clearer view every day. Okay, so we've tried to think biblically with regard to false accusations and slander today, and tried to... Play some sound bites of the examples and why this is being done, and what is the intended point of it all to marginalize people and to have one worldview of the left imposed on everyone else. But I think there's something here for Christians as well, something that we need to apply. We certainly need to be very careful of not being false accusers ourselves. I received an email this week from a listener, and he was questioning me as to why I wasn't all in on the election fraud, why I said last week that I I lean heavily uh, toward thinking there was voting fraud, but I can't totally be sure until the evidence is really presented. He said to me, hello, David, why be tentative and cautious when we have videos uh, admitting the voting machine can be altered, affidavits from eyewitnesses, uh, to the origin of corrupted voting machines. We have statistical analysis and just the illogic of all the down-ticket races uh, riding on the coattails of a president that lost. In other words, the House gained seats for Republicans. The only place they lost was in the presidential ballot. So how can that be? In other words, we have evidence. Why aren't you all in on it? Well, I think the reason for that is that I, I do not want to be a a sharer of false accusations or false information. There's lots of allegations of crimes. As I, as I mentioned, I lean and believe a lot of it, but it must be adjudicated in court. These are allegations of crimes after all. And really, it should be if you read President Trump's speech with all the evidence he lays out, it should be pretty straightforward with as much evidence as he contends. I mean, why aren't there any courts or judges uh, hearing these cases right now? Is either because there's not enough evidence or because they're too partisan to hear this case, it's hard to believe there's not any fair courts left in this country. And why aren't even some prominent conservatives in the media uh, continuing to talk about election fraud? I mean, have you noticed that people like Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin and Tucker Carlson, you know, they're, they're not really pressing this issue nightly or daily on their programs? Now, some in Congress are, but I want to be certain beyond a reasonable doubt with evidence that is supported by eyewitnesses and would stand the test of trial and court uh, before I totally jump in and just put thumbs up to everything uh, the president alleged in his speech. And again, I don't doubt it because I know the fallen nature of man, but I want to have the same level of biblical support For proving evidence, as Tom Pennington, Pastor Tom Pennington, is going to talk about in a minute here, before I can say with certainty that, yes, in fact, this election was stolen. Because ultimately, if I'm passing around and proclaiming and spouting off information that's not true, I'm just another one of the uh, false accusers out there and sinning against God and others. Now, if you don't know Tom Pennington, he's been on the program in the past. I highly respect him. He's the pastor of Countryside Bible Church down in Texas, and before his recent sermon, I think it was this past Sunday, he uh, issued some thoughts on everything going on in the country from the Capitol breach uh, to false accusations, conspiracy theories, and what Christians kind of mindset should we have in perilous times. And this first soundbite is about avoiding conspiracy theories.
7: We should respond with confirmed truth, not conspiracy theories. It saddens me that so many Christians believe and pass on rampant conspiracy theories. Let me say it as frankly as I can. Biblical Christianity is inherently inconsistent with conspiracy theories. Why is that? because of the standard of justice that God himself lays down in his word. To establish personal guilt, God demands that there be witnesses and not merely evidence, there was false evidence raised against Christ at his trial, there must be the kind of evidence that will stand up in court, not the suspicions and conjectures circulated on social media. If you believe and pass along conspiracy theories that accuse people of crimes without the kind of evidence that God demands, I don't see any way around it but that you are sinning against that person and against the Lord. Because to believe, post, or repost such accusations is to bear false witness and violates the ninth commandment. Exodus 20, verse 16, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor.
0: I think he makes a really good, sound, biblical point, that we want to be very careful, we want to be patient, we may have our leanings, and I certainly do, uh, but I want to make sure that things are presented with evidence that would stand up in a court of law, and if it won't stand up in a court of law, that some organization that's very credible investigates these kinds of things. This has to get be made right if in fact there was as widespread election fraud as being as, as being alleged. But I think his next statement is a good way for us to close the program is, as you consider all these things, it was a very disconcerting week. It makes you on edge. It makes you tense. All that's taking place in America. And Tom Pennington concludes with this.
7: We should respond with faith, not fear. The events of the last couple of months combined with the The pandemic have produced fear, fear in the hearts of many Christians. Perhaps you are fearful as a result of what's happened this week. Listen, I understand that temptation. I would have to admit that next to the 1960s, these are the most unsettled times in my lifetime. So how should you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, respond to this kind of trouble? I love Psalm 112, verse 7. The righteous will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. If you're tempted to fear, remind yourself that you trust in one who has not changed. God, as we just sang, is the Ancient of Days. He sits on his throne. He has, as Daniel records, a plan that he is working out throughout human history, including the affairs of our own country. So trust in the Lord. He hasn't changed. His character hasn't changed. His eternal plan hasn't changed. His love for you, believer, hasn't changed. So respond with faith, not with fear.
0: Isn't that well said? And I think those are the right words at this time because it's very easy For even Christians who should know better, who know about the sovereignty of God and how he controls all of our times, we are moving inexorably uh, toward his end times, and he is in control. And not only that, but you are safe if you have been born again, if you have been reconciled to God. Because no matter what happens here on earth, if you have repented of your sin and put your trust, your faith, your belief in who Jesus Christ is, that he's the the sinless son of God, and that what he did for you on the cross, that he died to pay the penalty that you deserve to pay for your sin. When you put your faith in that, not in your own works, but in his work on your behalf, God says, God promises that he will forgive your sin, he will prepare a place for you in heaven, and you have nothing to fear in the present and nothing to fear in the future. Yes, we're all going to physically die unless Jesus comes back and and, and takes us first. But even if we physically die in this increasingly darkening world, we have nothing to fear because God has promised to to save us and has a place for us in heaven. So great words from Tom Pennington and, and great words for us to put our hope in at this time. We may live in a changing and challenging America, one in which false accusation uh, seems to rule the day but greater than any of that is the truth of god's word and the truth about who jesus christ is and what he came to earth to do on our behalf he is the same yesterday and today and forever so thanks for joining us on the christian Worldview,
3: and until next time think biblically and live accordingly the mission of The Christian Worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program or to sign up for our free weekly email or to find out what must I do to be saved, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at one 1- 888 646 The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported ministry and furnished by the Overcomer Foundation, a nonprofit organization. You can find out more, order resources, make a donation, become a monthly partner, and contact us by visiting thechristianworldview.org, calling toll-free 1-888-646-2233, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly.